Hi, and welcome to this episode of I've Got This Kid. I'm your host, Sharina Williams, licensed speech and language pathologist, homeschooling mom on break, and proud podcaster of this wonderful show, sharing this space with world changers like you. So today's reminders, go to iHeartSpeechTherapy.com for all podcast episodes, YouTube videos, which can be found at Sharina Williams, CCC, SLP, and for blogs that I release once a week. That's every Thursday. And, and if you haven't already, make sure to subscribe. Make sure to join the network of world changers because we are doing amazing things. I don't send out a lot of stuff. I think the only thing I send out is the blog once a week. But other than that, I don't send anything. I'm not a stalkerish kind of girl. I just want you guys to be plugged in and know when things are going on. Um, for upcoming episodes, I am looking forward to our next series. We are doing the back to school series because summer's almost over and we got to start thinking about what it is that we're going to be doing. Schools, attention and focus, fall school options, all of that good stuff. So I'm going to be covering that. And I believe there's going to be five episodes of the back to school series. So let's get ready for that, y'all. We're going to have to start dusting off our notepads and getting it together because another school year is upon us in a much different way. I know in California, we are not opening up. We are going to be doing everything distance, at least for the first part of the school year. So this is going to be very interesting for us all, even as a homeschooler, because my kids had weekly groups. They don't get to do that. So this is, again, going to be really interesting. Keep sending in your questions. Keep sending in your feedback. Keep sending in everything, your thoughts and your ideas. I appreciate it. I appreciate the engagement. It's a lot of fun hearing from you guys, talking to you guys, helping where I can, listening when I can, and just again, um, cultivating this wonderful community that we have. We are world changers and it's just by one choice that we can change the trajectory of things. It's just through one choice that we can make an impact and a difference in our sugar's lives in ways that we may not have thought about before. And that's why we're here. And we also want to make sure that our sugars are doing everything that they're supposed to be doing developmentally and that we are on top of everything that we're advocates that we are putting our best foot forward in all areas. And so again, I'm always excited to share this space with you. So today's episode. Oh, y'all. You guys know what? I think I put myself in these situations where I just think about these things. I talk about these things and then I start writing about it. And then I'm like, I should probably record this because before I recorded this episode, um, I definitely put a blog out about discipline is not abuse. And I know when people read that topic, they were like, and then some people were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But <laughs> wherever you fall on that line, I just wanted to come to you guys, talk to you guys from a real place no, this is not going to be boring and it's not going to be preachy, but it is going to be honest and it's going to be done Sharina style. So if you guys have watched past episodes, you know how that goes. So in general, I, I touched on the subject of discipline because I think that mutually when we hear that word discipline, like there are a lot of negative connotations with that word. When you think about it in schools, when you think about it in classrooms, when you think about it um, societal wise as adults, even when we hear like at work disciplinary actions, it's almost like a penalty for something. And 
I wanted to touch on it because I think that people are falling so far on the spectrum of either I don't really touch discipline in my home. I kind of just let things ride and we just kind of just let it take its course, let things take its course. My sugar's learning, they're exploring, and it'll all make sense in the world around them in the grand scheme of things. Where on the other hand, there are some to where it's kind of like rigid, strict, um, not a lot of leeway for our sugars to be able to make mistakes. Um, you're, it's almost kind of like walking on eggshells for them if they make mistakes. And where I fall is somewhere about here. Um, I am a strong believer and proponent of appropriate discipline for actions. And we try to talk things out in a way that is appropriate for our sugars. And we try to um, penalize in a way that's appropriate for whatever took place. And it is difficult to do that, to find that fine line nowadays, because on some ends, you have people who are like, I absolutely don't believe in spanking. I'm not really going to touch on that. And then you have other people on the other hand, where they're like, I'm going to spank for every last thing. Okay, so maybe I am going to touch on it a little bit. So I am all for if you know how to diplomatically figure things out without touching, um, then go for it. Um, I am not for let's touch for everything. Let's, you know, let's penalize or spank for everything because then I think that it becomes overkill and the sugars, it doesn't really work. I, again, fall somewhere here. I don't really do a lot of it. Maybe when they were little, some taps, but now at this point they're old and we can kind of get through it and they know where I stand on things and they know when I need my, when I mean business. Um, and even with that, I say err on the side of caution but it's funny that now when we talk about, you know, when the word discipline or spank comes up, um, we automatically think about, are we going to get in trouble? Are we going to go to jail? Are we going to, are we going to be perceived as an abuser for disciplining our child? And I think that's why a lot more people are falling on this end, because I don't think that there's been like a really good conversation around what's appropriate and what's not appropriate. And then I think there's such extreme cases to where people are abusers to where, unfortunately, the things, it's become synonymous. And those two things, discipline and abuse, are not synonymous. And it puts us as world changers in a really sticky position. It puts us in a really sticky situation. It puts educators in a really sticky situation because a lot of times if they hear the words like spanking or I was hit or there was a mark left on me, then it's automatically equated as, you know, I was, I was um, violated in a way that, that should not have happened. And it's, it's sad. It's not good. I, I will say that it's sad and it's not good. And then you have people like me where you do like this, you know, and I automatically turn red. So any kind of anything is going to turn me red, but that doesn't mean that it was abuse. And I'm still talking about spanking. And I said, I wasn't going to do that, but y'all know I don't have no filter. I'd be trying. I try. I really try. So anyway, we're going to go into the difference between abuse and discipline, because I think that we need to have a clear distinction on what both of those are. And again, um, I'm going to try to make this as Sharina fun as possible. <laughs> anyway, abuse. When I think about the word abuse, 
And I'm serious. Like when I hear abuse, I think of like mental or physical or emotional trauma. I think about um, being penalized for something that you may or may not have done. I think that, you know, in some cases, the abuse might not always necessitate a catalyst, which in simple terms means that you didn't do nothing and you're being violated in a way uh, your person is being violated in a way that it should not be, or maybe your actions are being penalized or misinterpreted in a way that results in, again, physical, mental, or emotional trauma. And that's another word that I think about when I think of abuse, like trauma, like you're traumatizing this person for something they did or did not do, um, or like they're bad, or they did something wrong, or it's it's something that happened, or... I think about people who overreact. Maybe the sugar did do something and there was an overreaction on the world changers part to where they couldn't control their emotional self and it became something completely, you know, out of line or the penalty didn't make sense or, and not even just physical, like the, the words that came out of the world changers mouth. I think in a lot of cases, we take for granted that words have more power than physical touch. And, you know, that, that verbal, that emotional outburst on the world changers part, the words that the sugar is going to be reminded of time and time again, that's abuse where it takes character and depletes it. It diminishes it. It makes them feel like they're, they're less than what they really are. Like they don't have any value. Like that's abusive to me. Um, that is, is what I feel like you know, what happens when we're not sewing properly into our sugars or we're taking these situations and we're not making them teachable or we're not really developing or creating character out of the infraction that took place. It's a serious problem. And I think that whenever we suspect that that is going on or we know it is going on because we've visually seen it or we are experiencing our, it ourselves, then that's when we need to have a different conversation and get some help. Um, there are all kinds of different ways now. I believe you can even call um, 911 and tell and like make a fast food order or do kind like there's different kind of ways now to where you can get actual help without the abuser knowing that you are getting help or you are trying to put yourself and your sugars in a safe space. Um, because sometimes it is an, just one abuser in the house and then, um, you know, the other world changer and the sugars are being placed at risk. So I want you to get help if you find yourself in that situation or any of those descriptors align with what you're experiencing on a day-to-day -day basis and know that you're not alone. And I'm very sorry that that is happening with you and, and to you. And it's, it's not okay under any circumstance. And I want us to be extremely clear that abuse is not the same as discipline. When we think about discipline, we should think automatically world changes as establishing moral character, right? We want to get them in, in check and not like just squeaky clean. I don't do anything wrong. That's not reality either. I'm saying like when we discipline, something happened. Our sugar did something. They violated a rule that was already established in the house or in the classroom or in society around them. Or they they made maybe there was an accident that happened. They threw the ball and they chucked it and it hit the neighbor's window 
And there's going to be some kind of penalty for that because we should be accountable for our actions. That's establishing moral character. That's establishing like for everything that I do, there's going to be some kind of reaction, right? There's going to be a consequence. And it's not even just for the negative. Like if I do something good, there should be a good consequence. If I do something that, you know, violated someone around me, I try not to use the word bad, but you know, something that violated the, the world around me, I violated somebody, I hurt somebody. Then I need to, as the world changer, sit down and have a talk. I need to not cobble them through. I need to sit down and have a serious talk and let you know that, hey, that's not okay. Hey, you need to apologize. Hey, you need to pay for. Hey, you need to fix it before I help you fix it. And I don't want to help you fix it. And usually world changers, if you have clear, established boundaries of what's okay and what's not okay, then you really don't have to do a whole lot of helping with the fixing. Also, safety parameters. That could be another thing that would require some kind of discipline. Like you're doing something unsafe. You are behaving in a way that's unsafe. Like if I see you and it doesn't have to be extreme. We're in such an extreme society to where we automatically think of like the worst thing that could happen. No, 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 no. I'm talking about maybe they jaywalked or maybe they like did something really just day-to-day stuff that was just, it wasn't safe. It wasn't smart. They didn't know. They, they did it. And we need to help them through that and teach them like, this is not okay. This is why it's not okay. That's discipline, right? I'm taking this situation that's not desirable and I'm fixing it and I'm helping establish your character. Also, I think about enforcing obedience. Why do I want to enforce obedience? If I ask you to do something though, remember, we just did the milestone series and we talked about from 12 months all the way to 42 months, having our sugars follow the things that we asked them to do. That's obedience. Doing what you're told when you're told to do it, it doesn't get any simpler than that. Why do we want our sugars to do what we want them to do when we ask them to do it? For their safety. To make sure that they understand that there are certain areas that we should not uh, draw across the line on, right? That there are parameters around our world, things that are okay, things that are not okay, right? Adults, we don't want to drive 95 and a 50 because there's there's going to be disciplinary action. What is that? A ticket. Had a few of those. It's not fun. I don't want that disciplinary action. So I try my best not to violate speed limit. But I'm, I'm saying all that to say, like we want to enforce obedience with our sugars. We want them to be able to respect the boundaries and the parameters in this world around them, around us to not only keep them safe, but for their fellow man. So we're keeping our fellow man too. A lot of times we need our sugars to be obedient to the rules and and honor the rules around them so people don't get hurt. So people don't get, um, you know, their feelings hurt or things don't get destroyed or, you know, stuff like that. That's all it is. And We want to make sure during this time, when we're disciplining, when we're shaping that character, that we're not just telling them what they did wrong, but we're also making it teachable and talking about what to do next. How could we respond differently? How could we react differently? If I was on the playground and somebody snatched my toy and I popped them, then what can we do in the future? What can we do differently? You guys know this stuff happens. Don't sit up there and pretend with me and be like, Sharina, that stuff doesn't happen. That stuff happens. Do you know how many kids there are in my family? That stuff happens. I watch them go toe to toe and it is no joke. Those kids are crazy. I was a kid too. I was a terror. I used to do stuff too. And so, you know, 
we we talk about it. Did, did my family always talk about it? Not necessarily, but in my household, we do. <laughs> so it's a different story, but we want to make it teachable and we want to make it reflective. We want them to think about what they did, how it impacted others around them, how it made, if it was a violation against us, how it made us feel. I don't like that. And if I don't like it, then Sam over there is not going to like it. And if I don't like it, then Jessica's not going to like it. And so we want to let them know why we don't do it. And then most important, if I don't like it and they don't like it, if it happened to you, guess what? You're probably not going to like it. And so we want to like always turn it back to, well, how would you feel if somebody did that to you? And how would you feel if somebody treated you that way? Or how would you feel? Because it seems like nowadays we kind of just act before we do. And not just our sugars, the adults too. Like we're not always thinking through our actions and the consequences or sometimes the things that we say and how they can have repercussions to the world around them. Or we don't want to be accountable for the things that take place. And that's the whole purpose of discipline is we want our sugars to be accountable. We want them to be accountable for their actions. We want them to be accountable for how they treat others around. We want them to be accountable for not just themselves and looking out for themselves, but how would I make that other person feel? And as long as we're in this situation to where it's always like this narcissist, me, 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 and I can do whatever I want and I can behave wherever, however I want, then we're going to continue to have the societal problem that people just aren't going to necessarily be concerned or have empathy towards those around them. And that's another thing that discipline does. Like it helps us empathize with how our actions make other people feel. And so we want to make sure that we are, are honoring that and that we're doing our best to do that. That's fitting for our household. That's fitting for our community. That's fitting for the world around us to where we can like ebb and flow together in peace and harmony. That's, that's where I see things going. <laughs> and our role during these times, while we're establishing moral character, while we're establishing empathy, while we're establishing, and I know you guys probably haven't even thought about this, how we establish how we relate to our sugars. How do we respond? when something like this happened to us? How did we feel when something like this happened to us? Maybe we reacted the same way our sugars are reacting and we need to teach them how we learned how to overcome that. Or if we haven't, now it's time to be like, well, maybe we need to <laughs> deal with the temper or maybe we need to deal with how we are um, engaging with those around us to make sure that we're not perpetuating the same kind of thing. And so we want to make sure that we're being a great model because you can't tell your sugar to do something that you're not doing. Like if they have the same difficult time with uh, anger and reacting to those around them in a way, then how are you going to help? Now, you could be honest with them, but how are you going to really help? That's when we need to get tooled up in a different way. So we want to make sure that we have dealt with our own selves and that we penalize for the infraction. And it should be appropriate. Like you should not penalize your two-year-old the way that you would penalize your 16-year-old. Like, let's be honest. Let's be real, right? The two-year-old, they have no clue. They have no clue. Everything's new to them. So no, they don't know that if they pop somebody initially, initially, that they should not do that. But after you have that good, appropriate, age-appropriate talk with them, no hit, no thank you, I don't like it. If they do it again, then there needs to be some kind of consequence for that. Versus if our 16-year-old pops somebody, which is probably going to be more like a punch, 
then it's going to be a different infraction. Like it's totally different. They know better. They don't. They need to learn. They know better. So it's different conversations that happen around that, right? And so we want to make sure that whatever consequence we give, that the outcome is, is appropriate, that we teach them again, that whatever they do is going to have some kind of reaction. It's going to have a positive or negative outcome, right? And it's not that we are teaching them that they're horrible people and that they did this and, you know, they'll never be forgiven. It's nothing like that. It's just that all of our actions have consequences. If I have a full clinic day and I go to bed at two in the morning, I'm probably going to be really, really mad that next day. Now, that's not that I did anything negative. It's just I deprived myself of sleep. That's a negative outcome. If I cut a car off on the road or didn't let them get in front of me because maybe the the, uh, lane next to me was was closed, like that's there's going to be a consequence for that. Like maybe they're going to yell at me. Or maybe uh, because I didn't let them over, when they finally get over, they may not let the next person over. There's a consequence for the action. Or if my friend said something to me cross and I didn't like it, instead of me telling them flat out, like, you're going to have to approach me in a different way for the older one. But for the little one, I don't like it. Or we're going to have to rethink our friendship for the older one versus let's try again. Like, there's going to be some kind of outcome. There's going to be some kind of consequence. How I respond and react to the world around me is how the world is going to react to me. And that's where we teach them. We train them. We we educate them. Like we don't have to be so firecrackery, you know, like little pistols whenever something happens to us. But if we are able to communicate through that and just be honest, then then that's okay. So as I go through this process, again, if you guys notice when you're, again, when I'm talking about discipline, I'm really talking about establishing moral character. And so I'm talking more so about like, how do we deal with life when it happens to us? How do we respond to life when it happens to us? And if we respond in a way that isn't the greatest, then what can we do differently in the future, right? That's character development. That has nothing to do with abuse. And even in schools, when we think about it, like, I think sometimes they're, um, and not all schools, so please schools don't get mad at me. I'm not, I'm not school bashing at all. But I think even when we think about our disciplinary methods, and we think about the, um, the rules and the violations or the penalties that are associated with them, sometimes they feel very punitive without teaching the lesson. And I don't think that this is the heart of the teacher. In most cases, I don't think that this is the the um, goal of the teacher to be mean to the kids. But I think they're teaching in a much broader way that our actions have consequences. And so if you cut class, then you're going to get a zero for a day. Or if you don't do your homework for the night before, then you're going to be penalized for that. Or if you didn't study the way you were supposed to, or you decided to do something in the classroom that was inappropriate, maybe talking back to your teacher or not following the rules, like there should be some kind of penalty for that. But we should also be mindful and think a little bit deeper as to why this stuff is happening collectively. So it doesn't feel like when we're coming to the table that you did this to my child. 
And I didn't like it. And then the teacher's like, well, your child is X. And there's not really any remediation. Everybody's just focused on that actual, like, you know, disciplinary action that took place rather than looking at like the root cause of what's taking place. Like maybe little sugar is having some stuff go on in the family and the teacher didn't know about it. So maybe that's why homework's late. Maybe we need to, instead of thinking about penalizing, thinking about X or maybe, you know, I've I've heard countless reasons and I'm not even going to go down, down the hundreds of reasons I've heard over the years. But I just, again, want us to be mindful about when we are enacting these rules, when we are enacting these penalties, making sure that they're appropriate, making sure that it is in alignment with the, um, I guess, the boundary that was broken. Because a lot of times, whenever there's some kind of penalty enacted, some kind of boundary was broken, some kind of something, some kind of line was crossed. And we want to make sure that we are helping our sugars along the way, um, especially in the classroom, and that as world changers, we're very clear about the penalties that are taking place. Um, You know, this is a really interesting subject, and I could probably go on and on and on, and you guys know I can, but I am not. I'm going to give you guys some tools, and we're going to talk through some tools um, in order to get us to a place to where we could think about this word in a much different way instead of thinking about it always in a negative, how can we be proactive? So our sugar should understand the consequence attached. So if our sugar did something and we give a consequence, they should understand why. Not only should they understand why it should be consistent. Not only should it be consistent, it should be however we react it, you know, it should be pretty much, you know, again, the same every single time or If we find that they're doing the same thing, maybe we need to think about a different consequence. But either way it goes, like they should be able to tell you like why I am facing the consequence ahead of me. Why am I grounded for a week? Why don't I get my phone? Why are all my toys taken? What happened? What did I do? Again, that's teaching accountability for our action because all of our actions have either a good or bad consequence, right? And so if I get my toys taken away, it's probably because because something happened. Something took place, right? It's not just because mommy and daddy are mean, right? And it's okay, young, to start asking them, do you understand why this is happening? And they should be able to tell you, like, I'm infamous for it. When my kids were little, if they didn't put their stuff back and I walked into the room and I couldn't walk around, well, then it's time for me to take possession of some toys and hold on to them. Do you understand why? Because because I didn't clean up. Oh, sugar, you didn't. I'm going to hold on to these for a few days. And then when you're ready to clean up again after yourself, then you can have them back. We understand. We're on the same page. They know in the future. If I don't clean up, then I'm going to get them taken away. I'm going to get my stuff taken. If I don't do this, then X, Y, Z is going to happen. I understand why. We can't be passing out consequences without the understanding why, because we take away the ability for them to reflect. We want to talk to them about how they can handle it. We want to talk to them again, going back to like dealing with the self, how we handle stuff like that. I tell my kids in a heartbeat, when my when I was a kid, my room was a hot mess. It was terrible. Like they should have did more to me about that. Like it was it was terrible. But then I got tired of myself because my mom was super clean. And so I started following her lead. I don't suggest y'all do that. <laughs> but that's what she did. And she figured she knew my personality. She was like, she'll she'll deal with herself after a while. But I'm different. I'm like, hey, look, 
you got this stuff. I need you to put it away. I'm trying to come in here and hang out with you and there's stuff everywhere. I don't even want to sit down in this room. I don't even recognize this part of my house. This is nasty. Get this together real quick. That's how I roll. That, that works for my household and works for me. But I want you guys to talk about that. And I talk to my kids about that. I tell them how trifling I was. They know I'm not now, but then I was. I didn't care. <laughs> I didn't. I really didn't. And it strengthens your relationship when you're vulnerable and honest like that. Because then they're like, well, mommy made mistakes too. Mommy was nasty. Mommy had stuff everywhere. Mommy has stuff everywhere. Don't even get me started on the hamster cage I never cleaned out. That's a, oh, Herbie's hamster cage. Woohoo! Smell him at the front door. Anyway, two, avoiding disciplining your sugar when angry. I'm gonna read it again. Avoid disciplining your sugar when angry. If your sugar did something, and you know you on level 10, and you know you're on level 10, it's not time. It's it's not time. I've talked about this before. When I'll say, it's okay to tell your sugar mommy or daddy needs a break, take a break. Take a break. Tell them, I'm, I'm mad right now. I need my space. Give them the, give them the, you don't even have to yell, just give. I'm mad. I need my space. I'll be back. We're going to deal with this. Make sure to come back and deal with it. Be okay to be mad. It's okay to be mad because again, you're teaching them. It's okay to be mad. It's okay not to like this stuff. It's not okay to pretend like, you know, everything they do smells like roses and flowers. That's not cool. That's not cute because then they're going to go back into society and they're going to think that everybody else thinks that their stuff, their actions is rosy and smells good and they don't. And they're going to find out a hard lesson on the playground. I'm helping you out, world changer. I'm serious. This topic is crazy because... I honestly don't think, I think we're doing a uh, job at it and we got to think about this, right? So after you cool off, then go to them. But it's hard to be rational when you're on level 10. It's hard to, you know, teach a lesson when you're on level 13. Like, just go, take a minute, take a walk. I tell my two-year-old clients, like, if your sugar does something Especially like if it's tantruming and you know, like they've gotten into the habit of using tantruming and an hour later, they're still on the floor looking for you to respond to them. I'll tell them, take a walk because there's no need for you to sit there and watch that when you know, by the time they calm down, you're going to be like this. Ready to explode. That's not the way to do it because remember we're their model and we could tell them I need space. I'm mad. I'll be back and I'm going to deal with it. And that's, and that's what you do. And they know, and they know you're coming. Just again, make sure to follow up. Make sure to follow up. Make sure to follow up. Don't, don't let them get away with it. Even if it's like, I went to bed, I needed to go to sleep and wake up and deal with it that morning. Just make sure to follow up. That's all I'm saying. Make sure that, you know, the discipline, the penalty, whatever it is, however you're going to penalize the sugar, that is equitable. Make sure if you have what I, I like to call them stair steps, those parents that had like one baby and then as soon as the baby came, the next baby came <laughs> and they're like barely a year apart or they're a year apart, but they're close enough in age, right? Make sure that if Susie threw a ball in the neighbor's window and then little Paul came through and did the same thing that both of them have to pay for the window. 
If it was on separate, I don't care if it was on separate occasions. Susie, you paying for that window. You doing some extra chores. You doing something. You're paying this off. You're paying this off. Like we're eating hot dogs for a week because Susie's cooking hot dogs this week. I'm not cooking this week. She's our chef. This is what's happening. You're going to have some kind of consequence. Little Paul threw the ball in the window. Guess what? You're chef of the week. You're doing extra chores. You're doing Susie's chores. Like you're going to pay this off. You're mowing the neighbor's lawn. You're doing something because I'm not going to just pay for this if they don't have any money. They don't have any money. I'm not just paying for this. I'm not going to be accountable for what you did. Now, for the older sugars who are able to work. Oh, buddy, you better. Hey, look, you better get a job and pay for that. Like, I'm not paying for that. You're going to pay for that. I do that stuff now. I, I love whiteboards. And my daughter, I have this three-tier whiteboard. I love that whiteboard. And it's three-tier. And you can like make it turn into a triangle, but then you can make it go long. It's wonderful. She took it one day. She was being silly and it was in the triangle. And she said, smack. My heart dropped. I was like, you didn't. And she just was like, <laughs> and I was like, you're paying for that. And she was like, what? You are paying for that $16. Lakeshore Learning Center, you're paying for that. She was mad. She was real mad. She paid for it though. I got a new one. I, I ain't even used it because I'm on break, but she, she had to pay for it. So it teaches her in the future that when you do stuff like that, when you break people's things, when you violate their, their things, when you violate their space, you have to pay for it. I didn't break it. I'm not going out and spending my money on another one. She has money, she got money. She quietly has a little bank over there in her account. Like she be saving all her money. She's a little miser. And so I'm like, you can afford it. You could pay for it. But if she had no money, I would have had her do extra chores around the house. And, and it would have been that. And I'm not mad at her. You're just going to, you know, own up to what you did. And there's a consequence for what you did. Please don't break my stuff in the future. And we will get along great. If the boundaries that are crossed if it is somebody with somebody in the house, if it is with somebody outside of the house, if it is with somebody in the school, if it is with, you know, X, Y, Z, I don't care who it is. Make sure they apologize. Make sure they apologize. Make sure they apologize. I hear more and more nowadays when I have my sugars be accountable. It's okay from the adult. And I'm like, wrong answer. They can't, you can't let them think that their actions and everything that they do is okay. Like if they violate something or they, again, cross a line or a boundary, they need to be accountable. Why? Because it helps them respect people around them. And when you say it's okay and they've done something wrong, you take that ability away for them to consider the thought of the fellow man or how the fellow man would feel when X, Y, Z happens to them. And so you have to teach them that moment by moment, my son is seven. And since he was like four or five, I have him open doors. I still teach chivalry. And so I'm like, if a lady's coming through, you open the door, you don't go through first. And so he knows now, like he'll go and he'll run and he'll open doors. And when he doesn't, if there's a lady around, I have him apologize because I want him growing up, treating women respectfully and treating women with honor and dignity. And so 
you know, some women would be like, oh, now it's okay. And I'm like, no, it's not okay. Don't give them that pass. And so I want you world changer to make sure that even if it's something that happened on the playground or the virtual Zoom or whatever space it is, that they are apologizing. Even if it was an infraction to you after you sat down and had that teachable moment, you can say to them, okay, now what what do you need to say now? And they might look at you, especially if it's new. You say, you say, sorry. You just tell them it's time for you to say sorry or I apologize if you don't like the word sorry. Again, nobody nobody really likes at the heart of things for making making people really feel bad and teaching them how to have that like accountability is really key here. And that's how we discipline is we make them accountable for the actions that they take against others. Once you have disciplined your sugar, I want you to do this. This is going to help you so much. And it's going to help them because they're going to do what you do. I want you to forgive them. You're like, why would I have to forgive my child? Because our sugars are little. They start off really little and they start off exploring. And it's really beautiful and it's really cute. And they get older and they get older and they start slowly turning into a person. But if you remember yesterday's infraction and you're holding on to it, I remember when you, you know, last week you, if you're constantly reminding them of the things that they did wrong, guess what they're going to start thinking about themselves? That everything that they do is wrong. And they might not say it out loud, but in their mind, like the esteem that we're building up in our sugars is important that we're not holding on to yesterday and that we're able to wholeheartedly forgive them. That's why I tell you guys, you know, it sounds crazy to tell them how you feel and tell them that you're mad, but I'm telling you that for a reason so you can forgive them. So you can forget and you can move on. Now, if the same infraction takes place, you can remind them. Hey, look, it seems like there's a pattern with you slapping people. (laughs) It's not funny. I couldn't say it with a straight face, (laughs) y'all. But no, for real. It's a pattern with you slapping people. You can't run around slapping people. Somebody's going to slap you back. You got to stop, right? And you tell them. You can't do that. But you're going to be like, you always slap people. You always, oh my gosh, I can't believe you slapped somebody. Come on. Like, come on. Come on, y'all. You don't want to be reminded of your worst day. Why you going to remind somebody else of their worst day? And then like this is off topic, completely off topic. Don't compare them to somebody else with the same behavior. They are themselves. That person is them. That person lives their life their way. That sugar lives their life another way. Do not compare. Well, you act just like you act just like you act just like. No, they don't. They act like themselves and they need you to come in and help them know what's appropriate and what's not appropriate. Forgive them. And not only do you forgive them, make sure that you have them forgive themselves. And I didn't realize how powerful this was until I started doing it with my sugars. And it came out of my my daughter was just having a really rough time and she was just trying to figure things out, but she kept doing stuff. And I realized like her countenance was low and I had to start asking her and telling her, hey, I forgive you. It's it's water under the bridge. Everybody in this house forgives you. Do you forgive yourself? 
You'd be surprised at the answer. And this, I mean, don't ask the two-year-old, don't ask the three-year-old. Maybe by four, five, make sure you forgive yourself, sugar. It's okay. We all make mistakes. And we need them to know that it that we all make mistakes and, and that we're going to learn from our mistakes and that we're not going to keep doing the same things or we're going to work on it. And we could tell ourselves, like, I haven't mastered this. I need to continue to work on it. I know that this is my, my sweet spot. I know that this is the one thing, like when people do this, I go off. It makes me mad. It, it makes me mad. And it's okay for them to like honor that, hey, certain things are hard for me to just let go of. I need your support around this. Help me through this. But just make sure that you guys are doing that as a family, that everybody is coming to the table, not in anger, but in love and forgiving ourselves, forgiving them and moving on. It's the best way to move on and on and on. Finally, make sure that you and your parenting partner are on the same page when discussing consequences. This is whether or not you are still together. You notice my big sniff? Oh, yeah. I was being sarcastic, dramatic. I was being dramatic. But make sure both parenting partners are on the same page. Um, this is kind of self-explanatory. I don't want one parent to feel like I'm going to bring from my house how my parents disciplined us. And the other ones on the other end, like I'm going to bring into our house what my parents did and they're completely opposite and they don't even agree. So this is time for you guys to be reflective. What worked, what didn't work is gonna look different for every house. Every house is going to look different. Even worse, every kid is going to look different and how you approach them. Like, yes, the, um, yes, the consequences should be equitable, but how you communicate with them is going to be completely different because they're completely different people. And so make sure that you guys are on the same page, whether you live together or not, how you're going to go about when communicating about this, uh, you know, their actions, infractions, how you're going to penalize, how you're going to whatever it is that you're going to do so that you guys are sending a, the same message, a united front. And, and I did a whole podcast episode and a blog on the united front. You want to have a united front. If you're not sure what that is, go check those two out so you can understand the importance of coming together as a very strong team and being able to approach your sugar with love, respect, dignity, but also with like, that wasn't okay. We need to fix that real quick. And also the final thing, not only should you have a united front together when you guys are approaching the table of let's deal with this, you know, this action, whatever took place, make sure that you have like the agreed consequence in mind before approaching your sugar. I'm good for like messaging my husband and being like, this is what happened. And he's like, on the, we're, you know, still social distancing and his office is on the other side. And I'll be like, this is what happened. How do you want to proceed? And he'll give his input. I'll give my input and we'll go from there. We've been practicing a while, so it really doesn't take much. And we're usually on the same page as far as what we want to do. But I want you world changers to make sure that you guys are united together. Don't let your sugar's actions get between your beautiful, harmonious relationship. Okay. That wraps it up for me, y'all. 
I'm telling you, this is a sticky subject. I know this is a sticky subject. And I know that I gave a lot of my own personal feelings in this, but I try to explain things in a way that makes sense for all of us across the board, no matter whether you're on this end or this end, let's come together here and at least agree that our sugars should have consequences for their actions. And that it's our role to make sure that we are making these moments teachable and not just, you know, penalizing them without explanation with, and without resolve and without forgiveness for the future. Because you know what? We love our sugars and we want them to be well balanced and we want them to be able to relate to the world in a way that is meaningful and that is coming from a real place and that they're not just running through life feeling like whatever they do is okay. We don't want to send that message. And we also don't want to send the message that they're horrible people because they're not. We all had to learn. We all had to learn some way, shape, form, or fashion. And life will teach you whether you get it from home or get it out in the community. Life is going to teach you. <laughs> community-wise, what's okay and what's not. But it starts with us. It starts with you. You are the biggest tool. You are the biggest asset. You are amazing. And you can totally do this stuff, world changer. So until the next time, take care. And also make sure, go ahead and go to iHeartSpeechTherapy.com. Subscribe, like, share your feedback. We're a community, all right? 